bring you pro-life activism from creation to death with Jim Sedlark. Hello and welcome to pro-life activism from creation to death. This program is intended for all those who want to create a culture of life in the United States. We each week we bring you up to date on the latest news in the pro-life movement. We also do this through interviews and news highlights and however we can get the message across as to what's going on and, and more importantly, what you can do about it. Uh, and we have a, an interesting program today because it's going to be primarily about the state of Texas and what's going on there right now. But before we get into today's program, I ask you to say a Hail Mary with me to ask the Blessed Mother to shower God's graces on all those who are involved with or listening to this program so that we will receive the message that she wants each of us to get at this moment. And so if you would join me, please. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you so much for saying that prayer with me. It is always a good idea, whenever you begin a new activity during the day, to ask Mary to shower God's graces on what you are doing. And that's why we begin every one of our programs with the Hail Mary. To this week in the pro-life movement has been dominated by a new Texas law that was passed by the Texas leg legislature a while ago, but went into effect on September 1st, which was, of course, the day before yesterday. And listening to news media all over the, the, uh, the televisions, the radios, the Internet, uh, the sky is falling, folks. Uh, that's that's <laughs> what everybody is saying. And uh, and I, I have asked, I put in an emergency call this morning to our friend John Pashada, who is right there in the heart of Texas, in Waco, Texas, which is between Dallas and Austin. And I've asked him to come on the show tomorrow, this morning and just talk a little bit about it. So, John Pashada, welcome to the show. Well, it's good to be here, Jim. You, you made me laugh with your comment that the sky is falling. Uh, I'm sitting at my international office in my home right now, and I'm looking out the window, and I want to assure everyone there's still a sky over Texas, <laughs> and it's kind of blue, and just like in God's nature, it looks like a, just a normal summer day out there, but it is not a normal day in anti-abortion and pro-abortion. Uh, it, it's intense. I, I, you know, through my website, people can find my website and then just send me a message <laughs> and uh, boy they lighten me up a little bit <laughs> with these with these messages i posted one on my uh hometown pro-life action uh group on facebook and uh i didn't know for sure whether i should do that or not and i sought the advice of some other people and they said no i think you because there's a lot of vulgarity you know how the other side is uh, right. uh and um said, well, I think people ought, ought to really know how the other side expresses themselves. So I'm in Waco. Uh, we're in the heart of Texas. And in the past, uh, Waco has been one one of the eight abortion cities in the state of Texas. And uh, we're not an abortion city today. There's no permanent closure, but we do have a suspension of abortions right now. And it could be the same thing in a lot of other abortion clinics in uh, in Texas. But, you know, I kind of just keep my eyes focused locally, and that's where my concern. But since I met you 25 years ago, 
and you said focus local and make them radioactive. And uh, so that's kind of what I do and what I've done. And uh, and we've battled them. And uh, so right now we're in a situation that uh, abortions are suspended. Uh, typically the schedule is that they have abortions in Waco, fly in an abortionista from Massachusetts, and they have abortions on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of alternating weeks. So we're not an everyday huge abortion clinic here. Um, but, yes, Wednesday was an abortion scheduled abortion day. And I was out there at 730 to see with my own senior citizen eyes if the, if she was going to show up or not. And she didn't. And she didn't yesterday. And uh, I haven't been out there, but um, I'm sure that... Uh, uh, she's not here today, and there's not much for her to do in uh, in our city. So uh, that's uh, that's a real uh, lifts my spirits. That at least at this point, I do not live in a city where they kill babies in the womb. So what? back to you. Yeah. yeah, no, that, that's that's fantastic. I just, you know, when when we when I was doing the story and putting the story together here today for the radio show, I said, well, you know, we need to talk to somebody who is there on the ground in Texas. And uh, of course, as you said, you're one of the few abortion cities in Texas, and I know you would be on top of things. Um, so, so I, I appreciate you coming on and and letting us know that yes, uh, what we're hearing in the news media is true, at least for Waco, and and we've heard the same thing in other cities in Texas. Uh, right. That babies are being saved. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, what, what I'm asked about the result of this, that I think there's some moms that were, would have killed their babies this week that uh, will not, and those babies will live. And in about three or four months, when it's Christmas, those moms are going to be smiling, hugging that little little baby in their arms, and say, oh, "I'm so glad I didn't do it." <laughs> I think you're right, John. I think you're right. Well, um, you know, you folks in, t in Texas have been fighting this. And, uh, of course, it's a law that was passed by and I'm going to be talking about the law more during the show. And I'll, I'll do that. But uh, it was passed by by the pro-life people who elected the right people to your legislature and the right governor to get this law put in place. So uh, although it's it's a legal matter, it, it came about because of activism by you and, and all the other pro-life people in Texas. And so I congratulate you well, uh, on you this. Know, I, th thank you. And, and I, you know, I commend the people that are working in Austin trying to figure out what laws we should try to pass. I'm not one of them, but, uh, you know, we're grassroots and, 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 uh, you know, if the roots aren't good in the grass, you're not going to look. It's not going to look very good on top. So, you know, the the uh, the uh, activism that we have uh, is 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 fundamental, and I want to encourage everyone in their hometowns to be doing doing something for for pro life. Get on a busy corner, get some signs, go out there once a month, be a little different. The time for being lukewarm is over. We've got to be red hot. And we you know when a when a football team has the opposition on the, uh, the backpedaling and gasping for air, you know you don't take a break yourself. You say now the time to put them away. So this is the time for in Texas and across the country to step up our game and say this abomination, this holocaust, is not accepted. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, John, thank you for coming on the show this this morning, and uh, uh, congratulations You're so welcome, Jim. again. Uh, well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This has been uh, been a very busy week, uh, and 
and one that is fulfilling. We, we actually had the Washington Post out here in Waco yesterday doing doing this story. So uh, that was quite interesting. So, well, hey, uh, wish you all the best, uh, uh, Jim, and thank you for having me on your show. No problem, Bye-bye. John. We'll get you back on. Right. Okay. All thank right. You. That was... That was John Pichotta, who is leader of the uh, pro-life movement there in uh, in Waco, Texas. And as I said, as I introduced him, Waco is located about halfway between Dallas, Texas and Austin along Interstate 35, I-35, right? Um, and uh, it's uh, it, they've had a Planned Parenthood abortion facility in the past. It, it closed for a while. Now it opened up again. And you heard him saying that this was an abortion week in Waco, but not this week because of the new law. Now we're going to talk about the new law and I think we're going to we're going to spend some time on it because there's a lot of misinformation out there on what the law is or what the law does and there's hyperbole coming from actually both sides uh and so we're going to try to to spend just a bit of time today just to let you know what is this law, what does it do, what does it not do uh and and why is it being hailed by the pro-life side and condemned by the other side, and uh, so let's let's get in, into that here, and uh, you know we can we can really explore what is what is happening. Okay, so in Texas, a while back, they, the the legislator in Texas um, passed a bill, and the bill was known as Senate Bill Number Eight. That was the designation of the bill as it went through the legislature. And in press coverage to this week, and they're, they're still referring to it as Senate Bill Number 8, uh, even though it is now the law. It's no longer just a Senate bill. But I think some of the media that want to pretend it's not the law, and so they keep calling it Senate Bill Number 8. Uh, in the bill, it says, you know, this bill, uh, this law uh, will be known as the Heartbeat Act or the heartbeat law. And so that's the, the proper name for the, the legislation is the heartbeat law. Okay. Now, what does the heartbeat law says, say, and, and what it says specifically, and I'm going to read, you know, it's, it's not very long. It's, it's uh, basically a, a, a long sentence. Um, this is exactly what the bill says. It says, quote, a physician may not knowingly perform or induce an abortion on a pregnant woman unless the physician has determined in accordance with this section whether the woman's unborn child has a detectable fetal heartbeat, end quote. All right. The bill explains that if the child in the womb has a heartbeat, then the, you cannot perform an abortion. Okay. So it's, it's called the heartbeat law. It says no abortions after heartbeat. Well, actually, it doesn't say no abortions, right? Because there is an exception in the law. And there always is an exception in these laws, okay? Um, and, and, and that's, that's, that's terrible. That's, that's horrible. It's, it's terrible that they always give the abortionist an out uh, to be able to do the abortion. Um, and in this law, it says, again, I'm going to quote it just so you, you have um, the, the actual wording. It says the, the, uh, the, the prohibitions of abortion after a detected heartbeat, quote, do not apply if a physician believes a medical emergency exists that prevents compliance with this subchapter of the law. OK, so 
Uh, you can't do the abortion unless it's a medical emergency. Okay. Um, and it says, well, how do you determine if and who determines if it's a medical emergency? And it is the abortionist. Okay. He makes the decision. And he has to write some stuff down. It, it says, quote, a physician who performs or induces an abortion after a heartbeat is detected shall make written notations in the pregnant woman's medical record of the physician's belief that a medical emergency necessitated the abortion and the medical condition of the pregnant woman that prevented compliance with this subchapter, end quote. Okay. So here you're... you're the law relies on a person, man or woman, uh, on a person who kills babies for a living to be honest and say, here is why I did the abortion anyway and made the money. OK, um, it's it's a loophole. It's a loophole in the law um, and it, it can be used now. The problem with with the loophole and the reason that this law is getting such effect is that it is different than all the other heartbeat laws that have been passed and many have been passed in many states. This law is different. And people say, well, you know, how is it different? Well, let me try to explain that. Um, I can explain it actually with the answer to a question that we got in our office um, on Wednesday morning. And, and a person in our office asked, does this mean that the police in Texas are going to start arresting abortionists today? And the answer that to that question based on the law is no. And that is what makes the law different, because the law itself says that any entity associated with the state, which means any police officer, any other enforcement officer, any district attorney, um, anybody representing the state cannot enforce this law. And, and that may sound strange, right? How can you pass a law that is not enforced by the legal agencies in the state? Well, this law says that, okay? This law says that you can't do that. And what it does say, and I'll read this again from the law so you don't think I'm making any of this up. The requirements of this law shall be enforced exclusively through the private civil actions that are described within the law and in the penal code. Okay? Nothing can be done by the state, by a political subdivision, by a district or county attorney, an executive or administrative officer or employees of the state or a political subdivision of the state. Okay? None of those people can do it. But a private citizen can file a lawsuit against the abortionist and against everyone and anyone who helped the abortion to happen, all right? It's a lawsuit. It's not a criminal offense by which you get arrested. It is an offense against the law by which any person 
is entitled to file a lawsuit against anyone involved in the law. And it is this threat of a lawsuit is why all the abortionists are shutting down because they've got to figure it out. Now, you may recall that uh, we've, we've discussed this idea of a lawsuit previously on this show in regards to the city ordinance that was put in place in Lubbock, Texas, uh, that outlawed abortion in the city, but said that the city officials were not going to take action, but that the private people could file lawsuits against the abortionists. And the only abortionist in Lubbock, Texas, was Planned Parenthood. And Planned Parenthood shut down their abortion activities in Lubbock while everything is is going through the courts to determine whether that's legal. Well, the same thing has happened now in Texas. The abortionists are worried. The abortionists are afraid. Now, this, this law in Texas says that a lawsuit can be filed against the abortionist or against anyone who helped the abortion to happen, right, for four years, right? There's a four-year period under which the, the civil lawsuits can be filed. After four years, the statute of limitations will have run out and, the, and no further lawsuit can be filed, okay? But it can be filed up to four years. Now, the lawsuits can be against the abortionist. It can be against the people who paid for the abortion. It can be against the people who drove the women to the abortion facility. There are a whole host of actors that can be sued under these civil lawsuits. And so everybody is is getting very concerned about this. The only one that is absolutely prohibited from being sued, according to the law, is the woman herself. The mother of the child cannot be sued. But everybody else who participated in or or enabled this law from taking place, which may include, I mean, it, it hasn't all been tested yet, but it could be taxi drivers or Uber drivers or, you know, uh, whatever, okay? Uh, and and the, the law is so sweeping in that regard as to who is liable. And the law says that if one is found guilty, one is sued and found guilty, that the minimum that fine would be $10,000, okay? So the minimum fine that you can, you can get is $10,000. So they're looking at $10,000, a possible $10,000 or more. And by the way, it's $10,000 plus attorney fees. So they're looking at $10,000 and more for every abortion. This is what has the abortion industry scared. Now, what has happened in the past with all of these heartbeat laws is they've gone to court and the courts have said, no, 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 this is against Roe v. Wade. The state is not allowed to prohibit abortions, even, you know, before viability, according to Roe v. Wade. And therefore, uh, they put the law on hold and it never goes into practice. But this is not what this law is doing. This law has the novel approach of not having the state enforce it, but having it be enforced by these lawsuits. And the lower courts don't know what to do with that. All right. How do you handle that? That's different than any law that we've ever 
ruled on before in relation to abortion. And so what do we do about that? And they didn't know. So they, they did not put the law on hold, right? They did not say, no, you cannot enforce this law because they didn't know on what grounds to do it. So what happened is just before the law was to go into effect on September the 1st is the abortionists, including Planned Parenthood and the ACLU, filed an emergency appeal with the United States Supreme Court. And the emergency appeal, a very lengthy document, um, said that the Supreme Court or asked that the Supreme Court put a hold on this law because it was against it was allowing activity that or, or prohibiting activity that was allowed by Roe v. Wade and another case, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, um, two uh, decisions by the Supreme Court that have enabled abortion to be legal or at least not criminal in this country um, for almost 50 years now. Uh, that this was against that and the Supreme Court should put a hold on it. And they asked the Supreme Court to act prior to the law going into effect on September 1st. Well, the Supreme Court did not act. Right When the time came for the law to go into effect, the Supreme Court had said nothing on it. Later that day, in the evening of September the 1st, the Supreme Court said... This law can go into effect. And it was by a five to four vote in the Supreme Court. Okay. A very, you know, close vote, if you will, right, in the Supreme Court that said that the law can go into effect because it's very novel. And the Supreme Court had never seen this kind of law before. And they they don't know exactly the implications of the civil lawsuit instead of the state enforcing the law. And so there were five justices in the Supreme Court, and I'll tell you who they were. They were Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett, who all voted to allow the law to go into effect. Those who opposed it, of course, then were Sotomayor, Breyer, Kagan, and Roberts, and the fact that Roberts was on the side of those who who wanted to block the law uh, from going into effect, um, you know, was a surprise. Well, not really a surprise because Roberts is is all over the place with his votes, but um, it was not uh, was not expected. Okay, uh, so the, it was a five to four vote of the Supreme Court saying this law can go into effect. And that has everybody up in arms. Right? Everybody is is really out there, you know, shouting about this law, shouting about, you know, how how Texas is is um, unfavorable to women, how Texas hates women. Now, this is a law designed, first of all, to prevent the abortion of women as well as men, of boys as well as girls. Okay. Um, this this law f protects everybody, but because it says that a woman cannot kill her baby girl in her womb, all of a sudden it is anti-woman. And the news media has gone absolutely spastic with this. I was watching the news this morning. Um, the the pro-lifers in 
the United States are just like the Taliban is what the news media are saying. They're comparing those who want to save the lives of preborn children with the Taliban who kill and murder women and children all the time. Okay, somehow they're trying to make this connection. And, and, and it's you know the typical news media, if we say it loud enough and we say it often enough, people are going to believe it. Well, it's just absolutely hogwash. Okay, I can imagine the, the content of the comments that uh, that the uh, John Peshada is getting. I didn't ask him to tell us on air what he said, because I think we would have been censored. Rightly so, because I've seen some of the comments. I didn't see the one that he posted on on his uh, homes, hometown pro-life activism website. Um, but I've seen lots of these. And, and yes, they're very vitriolic and, and they're very um, the language they use is not language that we would ever want to use anywhere. OK, um, but that's what this hullabaloo is about. The hullabaloo is about the fact that the people in Texas following the success of the Lubbock Ordinance, uh, found a way to write a bill that says no abortions after a heartbeat is detected and have it stick, at least for a while. We don't know what's going to happen. We know there's going to be a lot of litigation because there's a lot of people who are losing a lot of money by not killing a lot of babies. OK, I mean, this is this is destroying the the kill a baby for a profit business in the United States. And of course, we like that. We, we, we're we celebrating that. Right. John Pashada is celebrating that. Right. For three days this week, he's had no abortions in Waco, Texas. Right. That's a good thing, folks. It's a very good thing. It's what we're all fighting for. This is a novel way to get it, and we don't know if this law is going to eventually stand or not. Right? Well, we're going to have to wait and see as it is further discussed and, and further um, examined by courts and, and by the Supreme Court. In fact, uh, the Supreme Court said that they didn't expect that this was the last um, appeal or last legislation that they would face on this law, that there would be follow-up suits and, and follow-up activity. Um, as people came now, understand that this was not a surprise to the pro-abortion people. OK, this is this is a law that has been in the Texas legislature for a long time. Right. The Texas legislature does not meet all year long. It wasn't something they passed on October 31st and enacted on, on September the 1st. This was passed earlier this year. Right. With a scheduled implementation date of September the 1st. So they've known about this for a long time. Uh, they just never thought that it would get this far because other heartbeat laws have been struck down. And you can bet that that there are some very good pro-life lawyers uh, around the, uh, the country who are looking at this and, you know, examining it and trying to decide you know, well, if if this is going to be allowed, uh, then maybe we have a new approach as to how we can prevent the slaughter of preborn children in this country. And we all have to remember, and I'll remind you again, that, that there are 
you know, at least, at least a million babies a year who die through either surgical or pill abortions in this country. You know, I was just adding up the numbers the other, the other day. Planned Parenthood, you know, did their first abortion, official abortion in 1970 in a clinic in Syracuse, New York, on July 2nd, 1970. Uh, Abortion became legal in New York on July 1st, 1970. So they did it the next day. Okay, Um, And since that time, by the end of this year, right, so in, in three more months, the total number of babies that died at Planned Parenthood facilities, just the Planned Parenthood facilities, the total number of babies will pass 9 million by the end of this year. Okay, Planned Parenthood itself has killed in its own facilities since 1970 9 million babies. Just let that number sink in. This is what we're fighting against. This is the magnitude. And, of course, that's just Planned Parenthood. The number for the entire United States and all the abortion providers is estimated, because we don't know the exact number, but is estimated at about 63 or 64 million. Right? But we know Planned Parenthood's number because they publish it every year. Right? Every year they put out a report that says, hey, we killed this many babies you know, for the, for the year they're reporting on. Okay. And so we have those numbers. And so we sat down and added those numbers all together. Right? And they currently total about 8,400,000 at the end of 2019. So if you add to that, you know, all the babies that, that were killed in 2020 and all the babies that will be killed in 2021, um, you get over 9 million babies. 9 million babies. And you wonder why businesses today have a hard time finding workers we know where they are they're dead okay and we need to do something about that you know we we can't survive killing our future generations and that is exactly what we are doing here in the united states and now we have a law in the state of texas that at least for now has stopped the abortions. There are some facilities in the state of Texas who are still trying to do abortions um, for babies that don't have a heartbeat. People get a little confused when, when uh, because of we, I've had them calling me, um, and people get confused and they they say we don't understand. According to embryology, um, the baby in the womb's heart starts beating at about twenty-seven to twenty-eight days, and yet people are calling this a six-week. Band, that that uh, babies that is you know for over six weeks um, you can't abort, but their heart has been beating for two weeks. So how does that play out? Well, uh, without getting too technical, let me tell you that in the in the secular world they don't recognize the creation of a new human being through fertilization as a significant event, and so they don't count from the date of fertilization when they talk about the the length of the pregnancy or anything like that or the age of the of the child in the womb they count from the last day of the woman's last menstrual period okay 
And so what happens is, you know, in a, in, in a normal system, now every woman is different. Their cycles are different and the times are a little different. But if you, if you average everything out, uh, a woman ovulates about two weeks after the last day of her last menstrual period. So menstrual period ends about two weeks later, she ovulates. And then two weeks later, she has another menstrual period. Okay, and and that's the the general rhythm of things. Not every woman is the same, and probably there's a lot of women, you know, who have who have different timing. But that's the one that's used as kind of the standard. And so when the where the six weeks comes in is they're measuring six weeks. They call it gestational age, and they measure six weeks from the last day of the last menstrual period. So the first two weeks of that, the baby isn't doesn't even exist yet. Right. But it's still counted that way. So that's how four weeks. Right? They, that's how 28 days becomes six weeks. Right. Because the heart starts beating at 28 days. Right. You can detect it, you know, uh, depending on, on the sensitivity of your equipment and how good your equipment is and how good the operator of the equipment is. Uh, you can detect it fairly soon after it starts beating. Um, but because of the way they measure the length of the, of the time of the baby in the womb, um, it is six weeks. And so it's also referred to as instead of being the heartbeat law is a ban on abortions after six weeks. Well, we know it's not a ban because there are exceptions. And we know it's not a six-week-old child. It's a four-week-old child that we're talking about. But other than that, you know, the, the, the pro-aborts are pretty accurate. You know, no, they're not. Um and, and forgive me for, for trying to enter a little levity in here, but um, this, is, this is terrible stuff when we talk about abortion, when you live with it every day, when you fight it every day. And I applaud all the people, all the pro-life people all throughout the country who have been doing this right, since 1973 and some before because, you know, abortion was actually legalized in, in uh, the state of Colorado and the state of, of, of California back in 1967. So there have been a lot of people who have been fighting this long before Roe v. Wade uh, came along, right, or before New York legalized it in 1970. So this has been going on for a very long time, right, and this is a breath of fresh air what's going on in Texas. And if you couldn't tell it in, in John's voice at the beginning of the show, um, you know, he, he's excited, right? Everybody in the pro-life world is excited. And the, the other side is just beside themselves. What are they going to do if they can't kill babies in the womb? What are they going to do? They're going to have to make life decisions, right? Well, the woman, the woman, they say, the woman will be forced forced to raise this child right and educate this child and clothe this child and feed this child well actually no all right every state in the united states has what are called safe haven laws every state has them and what that says and and, and the time is a little bit different in, in in different states but that says if the woman gives birth to a child and does not want to keep that child she can turn that child over to the state uh and each state will will specifies where usually it's at a firehouse or a police station um something like that uh without any repercussions at all she doesn't even have to give her name she just has to go and says, I gave birth to this baby, right? I can't take care of this baby here. 
you take care of the baby. The baby will be accepted under the safe haven laws and the baby will be put up for adoption or, you know, it will be, first of all, get medical exams to make sure that they are healthy or that any problems are treated. And, and then they will be uh, available for loving couples to adopt. Um, you know, it's it's very straightforward. And so, no, a woman is not forced to raise a child, to pay for a child, to feed a child and clothe a child, not in any state in the United States because they all have safe haven laws. And I think, you know, this stuff is important. And we don't talk about things like safe haven laws very much because we're we're all involved in a lot of other things. But, you know, the 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 pro-life people in this country care about both mothers and babies. All right. There, there are pregnancy help centers all across this nation, thousands of them. OK, just there to help mothers and to help their children. Right. The mothers can can get anything there. They, they, they can live there. There are many homes for, for pregnant women who, who can't live, uh, stay at home you know, in their normal home because they, they are pregnant. Uh, there are homes that they can go to, very good homes run by very good people. Right, uh, funded in, in most part by donations from pro-life people around the country. They can go there. They can they can not only have their baby taken care of uh, if if they're pregnant to have their their own needs taken care of, but they can get high school diplomas. They can get jobs. They can get training in in fields that they they are interested in. Uh, they can be, get back on their feet if they're, if they're uh, say, unemployed or homeless or whatever. All these things are provided free of charge to the woman, mostly by donations from pro-life people around the country. And yet today, on this morning's news, these pro-life people are being equated to the Taliban, OK, I, I guess it's just a, a convenient story to do since the Taliban has has been in the news and for Afghanistan and all of the atrocities there. You know, you have to do something to, to prove your side. So now they're, they're saying that that, uh, you know, we want to control women. No, we don't want to control women. We want to help women. We want to provide for women. If nobody else is providing for them, we're not abandoning them so they have to feel that they have to kill their children, right? We don't want them to kill their children, but we don't want them to be sick or to be homeless or to be jobless or to be living in the streets. We help them. The, when I say we, I'm talking about the entire pro-life movement in this country, right? Raising millions and millions of dollars to help women. And to help the children who are in the wombs and even after they get born, to help those children so that they have a good life, so that they're trained, um, the women are trained so that they can support their families if that's what they choose to do. Okay, um, it, it is such a disgrace and it is so heartbreaking to see the news media in this country all of a sudden just absolutely turning on all the good work that is done and just, you know, oh, they're all Taliban. They all want to control women's lives. No, we don't. We want to help women so that they can live their own lives the way they want to live their own lives. We just don't want them to kill other people like the babies in their wombs. We don't want that to happen. 
and and this is a time to speak out. And if you're if you're listening to this show, and if you made it this far, I want to ask you to do something. Do not be quiet. Speak out. If somebody in your circle of friends or your circle of acquaintances starts talking about the horrible pro-lifers, right, starts equating them with the Taliban or any other Nazi group, I, we, I've heard Hitler and Nazism in, in some of the comments today, speak up in defense of pro-lifers right, because they are not anything like what they're being told. And I, I've been in this movement since 1979 myself. I've met pro-lifers all over the world and in every state here in the United States. There are good pro-lifers everywhere. Otherwise, they wouldn't be pro-lifers. You're an example. You yourselves listening to this show are an example of good pro-lifers. Right? There are need for defense, don't be afraid to speak up. Oh, they'll yell and scream at you. Right? Well, I yelled and screamed at Jesus as he was carrying his cross to Calvary. Right? That didn't stop Jesus. Don't let it stop you. Let their slings and arrows just bounce off you and know that you're right, that you're doing the right thing. Okay. Oh, kind of following on from that, but not exactly with the Texas law, I want to make everybody aware that in October, the Supreme Court is going to be hearing um, a case. It's the Dobbs case, the OBBS case at the Supreme Court, which is um, a, a Mississippi law uh, banning abortion. And they're going to hear that that or, or limiting abortion. I, I, I shouldn't be using the word banning because none of these laws ban because they all have exceptions. Uh, limiting abortion in Mississippi. Um, and there is going to be a rally in Washington, D.C. on October the 2nd. It's a Saturday, right? The, the Supreme Court term begins on October the 4th. So this is two days before the next term of the Supreme Court and a rally in New York's, I'm sorry, in Washington, D.C., outside of the Supreme Court building from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock. And there are going to be thousands of pro-lifers gathering there, right, to pray for the Supreme Court and to pray that they come down with the right decision in the Dobbs case and pray more importantly that the Supreme Court, after all these years and after all the advances in medical science, that the Supreme Court finally recognizes that the preborn child in the womb is a person, right? That from the moment of the child's creation, which takes place at the start of fertilization, that child is a human being entitled to all the rights and privileges and protection of every other human being in the United States. And that's what we want the Supreme Court to decide in the Dobbs case. Whatever the other arguments are, whatever the other issues are, that's what we want the Supreme Court to decide. And I invite you to come on October the 2nd to the Supreme Court building in Washington, D.C., between 2 and 4 in the afternoon, the rally, the prayer rally starts at 2 o'clock. It will end by 4. We invite you to come there and to take a stand and to pray that the Supreme Court will finally do the right thing. 
okay, to declare personhood for the preborn children and give them their rights. That's what it's all about. So that's our activism from today. Other than defending what's going on, we want you in Washington, D.C. on October the 2nd, a Saturday, right, from 2 to 4 in the afternoon. So you got time to get there before it starts, and then when it ends, you have time to get back home, okay? No excuses that day. Just put it on your calendar now, Saturday, October the 2nd. Finally, we want to recognize this Weekend is Labor Day weekend, okay? And I know everybody thinks, oh, it's the end of the summer, right? Uh, it's it's you know, the last vacation holiday of, of the summer. It's time for, to take a break, all right? Uh, you know, oh, no, we can't wear white after Labor Day, you know? Uh, but let's remember what Labor Day is all about. It's celebrating the workers in the United States. It's celebrating the people who go to work every day who take care of their families, who produce the goods that we buy, right? Uh, and who are the backbone of this country, right? Without the people who labor, right? Without the workers in this country, the country wouldn't exist. The country wouldn't be what it is. And so this Labor Day gives some thought to all the people who make everything that you enjoy happen, right? The truck drivers who who drive the roads in sometimes scary conditions to deliver, you know, the, the furniture that you have in your house or the refrigerators or washing machines, the railroad engineers who, who uh, transport not only people but cargo, those who work in coal mines, those who work in, in, in outer space, um, just understand that these are workers and that's these are the people who pro- make America, America, right? This is Labor Day weekend. Yes, enjoy the beach. Yes, enjoy the sun. Enjoy the last holiday before we get into the winter season. But remember the workers, right? They are what make America what America is. And America, despite what the news media will tell you, America is the greatest place to live on earth. Let's keep it that way. Thank you very much for for listening to the show. Uh, We will end our program the way we always do, and that is by asking our Blessed Mother, Mother of God, please spread the effect of grace of your flame of love over all of humanity now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you so much for listening.